really important that it record this just so you know the audio yeah is that important for yeah. a podcast i think usually no okay can't people, we just have video some people don't watch the video oh do you remember the 75 years of time thing the dream i'll put you on the spot 75 years of time you, i love watching you squirm okay well if it's alan watts it's alan watts do you remember it is that the one where you live out your no that's a yeah, yeah, yeah 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 okay yes <laughs> You live out... You, I'll let so, you explain so it. So what that is, that's a lesson in. If you listen to the podcast and you can't remember all the lessons, Luke's here every, yeah, <laughs> every send, send me an email. You can't remember everything. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's like, it's not easy. You know, you've got to keep going over... I think you've got to always got to keep going, going over the lessons that are most important to you. Anyway, so context is we're doing the Myth of Failure series. I think this is episode eight or nine. I've lost count. And we've talked about a whole bunch of stuff. Sorry, Joe. <laughs> I, I just know if it's going to bleed the audio so much. much. Yeah. To get thing. Technology. Anyway, oh, apologies. Of, oh, bloody hell. Let's just do, yeah, yeah, let's do, do this. Just do that. And this, because, yeah, 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 yeah. anyway, it's all good. We're it's good. All good. All right. We don't so need. So come back to it. Myth of failure. We're doing the myth of failure. And this one, 75 years of time. Is it? Alan Watts is like, imagine you could go to go to bed at night and dream your whole life, 75 years, right? And you could plan the whole thing. So you control everything that happens. So I'm sure in Luke's version of this, you know, he gets everyone to join Aussie Broadband. You know, the Chiefs get a the Athletic Greens sponsorship deal. I don't know what I would do. I would kind of be rigging in this certain amount of monthly revenue. <laughs> Lots of monthly <laughs> revenue, passive income streams. <laughs> so he makes this point that if you know, whatever you're like, you know, whatever you're hoping for, whatever you're planning for, pining for, you could control it and you could dream it and you just get to enjoy that, right? Yep. He goes, and if you did this night after night, you would eventually start changing things. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this on the podcast before, for anyone who's curious. You would add a bit of a surprise here, a twist, you know, where something happens and you don't know what it's going to be. And he goes, and you would change that. And eventually you'd do this night after night. You'd keep changing more things because you get bored. So you're adding surprises. You're adding, what's going to happen? Is he going to get the job or not? And you would keep doing that. And night after night, until you're living exactly the life you're living now, where you basically don't know, in particular, what's going to happen as you go on and live. Why is it, why is the tendency to figure out, you know, exactly, we want to know the path? Why do you think? I think we may have a... We want to be certain to a certain degree. Yeah. Like we just want to feel that sense of this yeah. is where I'm going yeah. and I feel comfortable yeah. in that. Yeah. But as soon as you are comfortable, yeah. you want something to be different. Yeah. You feel less. Now, let me let me put it to you this way. You feel, you feel that way in regular, what we call regular life context, right? <laughs> Leaving high school, people are like, oh, I don't know what I want to do, right? That's what we did the book about 18 lost something's happening at work something's out here all right now i want you to take that put that to one side i want you to think about when you're on holiday where does the need for certainty come in when you're on holiday 
Mm, what are you looking for? Doesn't really <laughs> think about it. You're just chilling. You don't care. Yeah. You know, Matt Chock, one of the great early supporters and participants in Constant Student, great friend to us both. You know, he's traveling the world at the moment, pursuing and aligning that with career, but mainly just going into it first and experiencing it. And his life is he gets up and he doesn't necessarily know what's going to happen today. Not completely unplanned, but just like I have a general idea, but I'm going to go explore. And it's, you think about holiday mode, you think about how our industrial way of living is pretty recent for human history. You know, in, I think it was 1900, did they say it was like 50% of people still lived rurally by 2000, it was maybe 80%. These are like the, you know, how much I love stats and crude figures. They're always so accurate. Yeah. It's so easy to tell that they were accurate, but <laughs> just. I'm sure, I'm sure I'm sure it was some something like that. This is not this has not always been the case for us. We've created this complex way of living with all these ambitions and career goals and am I good enough? Have I measured up and have I proven myself and all that? And when you come to certainty, my suspicion is that it all lies a part of ego. Right? Now ego has a part to play. Okay? But what ego ten, what ego is like is almost like say the salesman at a company the salesman want to sell bloody salesman right <laughs> easy to pick on the salesman want to sell okay now that you need them you need sales need money <laughs> right but if the sales and the salesman get paid commission right now the salesman don't have to produce the product or they don't have to code or whatever they're just like, oh, well, how can we sell more? And you've got the rest of the company there doing whatever their bits are. And the salesmen are like, well, as long as I get them to do this and that I need, I can sell more, perhaps, right? Because all they see is their feedback loop is commissions coming in or whatever. Yep. Now, if that's the case, a bad CEO looks at sales and goes, well, we just need to give these guys what they want and make the company about them because they want to sell. Mm -hmm. And they're going to bring in more money. All right. Ego is kind of like that. It's like the sales department in a way, maybe. That it has its role, but if you give it too much power, it will hijack the company. And the right salesmen don't sell that way, as you know, which, which you Constant, are. Constantly evolving. Constantly Let's evolving. <laughs> trying to figure but, out. But the, you know, often that's the, road to, that's the road to where things get corrupted pretty easily. So you go, where does it come from? It's when ego gets to, I call it ego hijack. When ego becomes not just this one department within you, a necessary department for the whole human thing to go on. Ego become, ego like kind of takes control and it's like everything else is just pandering to what sales wants. And if you're a salesman, like a, a narrow-minded salesman, you want to control the outcome of getting the sale as much as possible. Therefore, you start to seek certainty. My hope is that, you know, when you find yourself in that trap, my, the one liner is seek clarity, not certainty and how different those things are. But this is where the thing for control is. The, the, the funny thing is that we feel like we wish we could control this happening. We could get more customers. We could, you know, get, get more money and we could sell better. We could attract more people. We could get people around our cause. We could get people to do what we want them to do think the way we want to think, act the way we want to act. I've been guilty of it. 
as guilty as anyone sitting here in the chair, you know, spitting out how we should think and whatever into the microphone. But you don't actually want that. You don't actually want that. If you could control it and, and you actually experience what that would mean, you wouldn't want it once you saw. If people blindly listened to me, all that would mean is that they blindly listen to things. Hmm. It needs to be incredibly conscious. So it's easy. And sometimes I fall, I've have fallen into the trap of, ah, you know, grow the following, get the good message out. But the reality is 10,000 YouTube subscribers or a million whatever paying customers that don't really get it, that aren't genuinely aware but just maybe sometimes you get personal development junkies some who just, you know, love the idea of that. They, they never feel enough. So they're always trying to work on, I've got to improve myself. I've got to consume more personal development. You know, these different people who are desperate for answers, like, like some of the people who get desperate and attached to religion because mm. it's like a promise of like an afterlife, you know, they don't actually really operate on the values. They're just trying to wreak their, their afterlife. They're trying to secure their spot in the, the next game you get all that if that's the people who are in there those numbers are essentially meaningless mm. so you could get caught up in trying to control that outcome but essentially not, it, it's hard to know what that even means even if you got it half the things we say we want half the things we're convinced half the things that are just the only target looming in our vision and if you could control it you wouldn't even want to <laughs> Why, yeah, why would you, I don't know, yeah, why would you want to control it? And it's like, the metaphor is, when you watch a film, you don't want to know the ending. But you do want to know the ending. Yeah. You want to find out, but you don't want, you don't want to be told. <laughs> and my mother cops a lot of stick in my house, my household, because she's famous for spoiling things. <laughs> and we don't want it spoiled. No. So what you want is not actually the ending. You want the journey. Mm -hmm. that's what reading a good book or watching a good film or listening to a good story is if you watched comedy only for the punchline you wouldn't laugh mm. the punchline is nothing without the setup without the plant without the expression in the voice and the the thing and that is the the metaphor so holiday mode I'm, I'm suspicious. I'm always continuously suspicious of the way we live. We take for granted that it's quite good, but I will, I will hold this space for as long as I believe it because I was having lunch with my dad the other day and he was getting confused about why it wasn't more busy. I go, well, it's, it's only like Thursday. He goes, oh, I thought it was Friday. <laughs> right. Cause you know, this restaurant's very busy on Friday, right? It's in the middle of the city. Mm. And he said to me, I guess life's good when you don't know what day it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's holiday mode. Yeah. When you're on holiday, Saturday feels like Wednesday. Wednesday feels like Thursday. Thursday, you can't tell if it's Thursday or Sunday. And this brings me to, again, a very spiritual place of timelessness. That's what eternity is. That's what sleep is. Sleep is this timeless thing. Flow state when you're at your most creative this episode, I wouldn't even know how long we've been speaking. There's a little clock down the bottom there. But, you know, I lose track of time and I surrender. Yeah. 
and trying to keep the podcast short, I just disappears from my mind and I just do what I feel is right. Very thankfully. For the week's benefit. <laughs> 10 minute episode. And you know, we, we, we're conditioned on this, especially in the West, especially in capital cities, places like Sydney and probably the New Yorks and the Londons of the world is where it's worst. Which is this, and I think parts of like some parts of Asia with that really intense work culture, this idea that holiday is this luxury that happens two to four weeks a year mm. and that work is this work is the reality. But really the question to ask is what sort of work and what sort of working lifestyle actually still feels like holiday mode as much as possible. One thing I noticed, I've talked to you about this actually mm. a really long time ago yeah. was when I started working for the first corp, call it corporate company. Yep. And there was a time, there was a time when I was really in the knowledge acquiring phase yep. and it just felt like, like Friday is like, oh shit, I didn't realize it was Friday. Like you get wow. in that and mm -hmm. you're just like, cause every day is kind of. What's knowledge acquiring mean? Like you're learning or. Yeah. You're learn you're speaking to the network guys and you're speaking, you're just like fascinated. Yeah. You're fascinated. And you're like, oh my God, time doesn't yeah. feel, but then the, when. This is so cool. And yeah, yeah. This is, this is cool. I'm learning. Yeah. This is new. I'm genuinely interested, it seems, in acquiring this knowledge. And but Luke, Luke, you can't tell people that they're going to, they can have satisfaction in nine to five. Job. And corporate. Sorry, just over no, broke. No, you can't be happy in the corporate world, Luke. You can't. That's, that's, no. Stop thinking, All right. stop thinking 20th century. I'm a robot. Stop spreading false messages. Sorry, guys. You, I... must, you must quit and <laughs> sell courses and monetize your passion. Why would you be happy doing that when you can just monetize your passion, mate? Come on, mate. Put I don't even know out. how to put respond your, to that. Put your, put your head out of your ass. But then there's a there's a counter to that, which you tell is... me you can't oversimplify life. <laughs> it's a beautiful example. I'm glad you're here to provide act, the corporate. <laughs> no, but to act as another because my my lifestyle's not like yours in that way. Right? Mm. My working pattern is completely different. That's what makes me happy day to day is different to what makes you. Happy. There's the overlap of the, this stuff. Yes. But you read me that Nassim Taleb passage last night of oh, how he spends beautiful. his days. That's exactly how I spend my days. Yeah. And that's when mm. I'm happiest. And yours is a bit different. I will add the counter to that, which is when work's been the quote unquote worst is when you're looking at the clock. Is when you're like, oh fuck, it's, it's Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> That's when you know, that's when I know I'm in serious trouble. <laughs> well, you know the scene in the book because of Fridays. Yeah. Because you, you inspired this when you said like, <laughs> everyone keeps saying happy Friday at your old workplace or whatever. And everyone always everywhere says yeah, happy it's Friday. True, it's true. So that's a joke in the book where the whole week is just a countdown to Friday. Yep. And, and then on Friday, they have a big, they have a countdown in the main hall till f at 5 PM and the clock's ticking and there's champagne and happy Friday, <laughs> and ten, three, two, one, happy Friday. And then they all race out and then they're all upset because Friday's going to be over soon. And Saturday, Saturday is meant to be good, but it just means that Sunday's tomorrow. And the only problem with why Sunday's so bad is because it, mean, it means Monday's the next day. So really Friday night, Friday at 5 PM is the only happy point of the week. It's just like this one, the whole week is just this one orgasm and that's really it. <laughs> so it is, it, it's very interesting mm. thinking about 
just yeah because I, we've talked about you can have bad days right and yes. you can have few everyone's allowed, few, everyone's allowed you can have bad, bad days, days yeah. but when the constant theme when the consistent theme is the sense that oh shit you know I, yeah. got, I got an extra four hours Steve Jobs was like I look at myself in the mirror every day asking would I do this today if it was my last day of life and he goes when the answer was no too many days in a row yep I knew I had to make a change mm. I remember so many times when I've heard or thought about that thinking I'm in that right now thinking oh but I can't make a change I'm supposed to be enjoying this <laughs> yeah you know and it's just funny what we'll place conditions on what we'll place expectations on yeah you're allowed to have bad days in saying that the, the thing from the last episode the Chinese farmer thing applies and that circumstances you know to an extent and I think you're kind of like a tightrope like if I flick a tightrope it'll wiggle for a bit but then it will come back to its position mm. and I think that's life you know you're not you're not a, you're not a rock you were given emotions feeling and turbulent situations for a reason mm. but yeah there's an anti-fragile and a fragile way to do it which is I think you know the next episode get into that but Convex it's this powerful or... idea when I say control I want to be careful it doesn't mean like walk around with your eyes closed and just let whatever happen to you happen I just feel like there's a sweet spot in the middle which is intentional hmm. like if even if you sit on the couch too much most of us start to fatigue you know yeah I when you control things too much you tend to get existential flu I can it's think in of, the middle yeah. I'll think of it just a basic example yeah. which is when we go to a when we go to a restaurant mm. and the food doesn't come out within 20 minutes yeah. and another table another table got their food before you but they didn't <laughs> see and you it's like I've seen it's like the more you're like you're just thinking about well why is my food not coming out <laughs> do you know what i mean that that to me feels like the element of control whereas <laughs> whereas you can just kind of sit back and yeah. try and enjoy the whole point of the dinner which is to have the conversation <laughs> and let and let the that sums yeah. i don't you know don't I ask, like, you don't want to check with the waiter too soon yeah or just like even 10 minutes in it's like what the hell they, <laughs> i don't know i thought that was a good it I is thought that it could is. be an example of it control is. there's a lot like but you know i hate sitting in traffic Mm, I'll sit here. I'll sit here and talk to you guys about patience and all that. But I, I don't like sitting in traffic. Yep. And I can play music and stuff, but there's still part of being human, which is like I'd rather I find it more enjoyable to spend an hour walking across the city than 15 minutes on the light rail waiting for the light rail to end. Because yep. I'm not enjoying the light rail, but I love the walk, even though it takes longer. Mm. And there's something about gradual momentum, which is actually really rewarding, rather than having to wait. And that's the metaphor like there's the quickest way to get somewhere but if you don't enjoy it how worthwhile is it mm. how worthwhile is it doing things where the, the only point of it is for it to end as soon as possible and maybe it's better so for me i'm like well i probably would want to largely avoid traffic i want to be dealing with traffic as little as possible i think there's anything wrong with that Hmm. right yep i don't want to be in the situations where i have to wait and things that frustrate me and all that you can you can i think this too you can if something's worthwhile you can be stoic in it just <laughs> but 
sometimes I think a lot of things are like subtraction. Like, okay, how much do I need this thing that is annoying? Instead of learning to uh, put up with this and that and that and that without avoiding, you know, just trying to avoid all conflict and anything negative. If you can cut out the friction, I just, I just cut out the friction. It's easier than trying to be like, I can just go to enjoy something else. That's why I love, I love living on the central coast mainly. I don't get in a car. I don't have to go very far for anything. The beach is down the road. All right. There's a lot of luxury in there. It's simple, but elegant. And so there's, it's, there's, it's very airtight. There's not many frustrations that can come in. Right. I, I try not to eat out as much anymore. You know what I mean? It costs a bit more. It can be great fun and I still do it, but it costs a bit more. You just got all these things. Like you, the degree of control you do have is still there. For me, that's what works. Because I'm like, if I can just maximize the joy of it, it can still be incredibly practical. Mm. <laughs> you know, I'm still doing productive things. I'm still doing things that can sustain my lifestyle, but just cutting out the bullshit we say we need to put up with and there's a lot you can cut out when you think about it i think you've been doing this like you've been selling stuff and blah blah blah, blah. yeah selling stuff You're deep, you've been decluttering well i went through a in terms of money investing yeah. and stuff like that yeah very particular about yeah. the certain amount you want to invest yeah. and yeah. this is what you Fair need enough. to have aside etc but then when something happens unexpectedly in life yeah you're too much in that mindset and you want to control the yeah you know the shares and stuff like that and yeah. when really it's just causing you more emotional stress than yeah. just like selling a little bit and dealing with you know when when a money thing comes yeah in. it's not essential no it's like there's it's there's, bonus yeah. my computer there's yeah. numbers on there yeah it's yeah. like yeah exactly yeah yeah this this is the thing you wade we find ourselves wading into games that actually will end up in attachments but there's a good there's a middle ground right there's a middle so ground I, i'm deviated from that yeah. and stop seeing the point which yeah. is like that thing is meant to create me financial freedom yeah and peace yeah and ultimately peace yeah. and which, it's, which it's it actually can. which it can which it definitely can yeah but in this very, I've but failed. Very specific conditions. Yeah. Can, and right? in this very yeah. particular moment, the yeah. thing that's going to create more peace of mind is just sorting the thing out. Well, that's what. Well said. And I, and well I talk said. to you, because you get a version of existential flu. Yeah. And you're, I'm like, what's going on? It's like, just yeah. fucking sort it out. Yeah. Like, the less you have, the less, it's like carrying liability yeah right so the less you have the less liability you have mm. right the reason why you know the classic story in a company is employees get disgruntled because they're doing all the work business owner doesn't actually have to do anything and they can make all the money which is you know sometimes it doesn't work out very equitably for people but at the same time the reason things are that way is because the business owner tends to take on the risk mm. they actually have the liability if someone sues, they're the ones holding the bag. Yeah. I mean, they're the ones holding the liability. Well, important. Right? We, we, I got a message when we started recording this morning about for the real estate stuff I do. You saw it, right? Some, some awning collapsed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, in general, I don't do much with that business anymore. But if there's something wrong, I'm liable. Mm. 
someone someone does something wrong in the company and there's someone else sues the company that's my, still me yeah so i have to deal with it absolutely i have to pay the legal fees i have to blah blah, blah. so life's like that you can carry all these things that generally like nothing happens so like oh it's just fine yeah but you're really just maximizing your exposure to things that can <clears throat> go wrong and complicate it mm. yeah right people people ask me all the time is there anything wrong with having this is there anything wrong with having that? Mm. Or is there anything wrong with blah or this? Okay. Yeah, well, often not on the face of it. But the number one enemy, one of the biggest enemies is the complexity. Yeah. It's too many plates spinning. That creates existential flu. Mm. It knocks, it, it takes away your, um, it's like having too many tabs open in your brain. You know what I mean? Like you got oh, this and I've got that and I've got that. Yeah, decision fatigue. Whereas right now, my life fits inside a bag. Yeah. Because I come back and forth to Sydney. So my life fits in a bag. I've got a toiletry bag, laptop bag, and you know, like, whatever, I don't know, five five jumpers because it's winter or spring, you know, and like two pairs of jeans and two pairs of shoes I mainly wear. Like, it fits in a bloody bag. Mm, mm. It's, <laughs> it's, it. it's a release. Well, it's, it's a... It frees your mind to enjoy. But that's... That comes, there's an element of that, I feel, comes into it with goals as well. It's like mm. you've got all these goals and you're constantly analyzing your progress yeah. towards them. Yeah. And it absorbs your energy. Yeah. It's like a computer. You've got RAM. You've got limited RAM. Yeah. And the more programs you're trying to run, try and run too much, doesn't matter how great they all are, the computer's going to crash. Mm. Or it's not going to run efficiently. Mm. All right? It'll be more vulnerable to viruses and all that sort of stuff and that's where we talk about existential flu yep so people get attached to these things but they're, they're going on this existential flu merry-go-round you start the same cycle but don't recognize it you just end up back there and where it starts to end up is one the one of the one of the stops you go past on your way to existential flu is that wanting to control mm-hmm Mm. Wait, when you <laughs> when I when I feel that again, I'm like, oh shit! Stop this train right now and and get off. Mm. When it's, I, it's just like the the drop or drop everything for a sec. When I control, when I try and control my income, right? You're like, yes. oh, I need to be, I need to be earning yeah. X amount of dollars. That yeah. puts me in a very contracted yeah. mindset, right? And yeah. actually takes you. For example, you're in a job. Yeah. Thinking about that takes you away from doing what you actually have to do to get you yeah better at what you have to do because yeah. you're thinking about how can i get how what what do i have to yeah. do who who do i have to then you start yeah. getting into very transactional thinking yep. you get transactional you get shallow tactical yeah you get into that and you don't think deep long term mm. without the box first principles all that stuff so yeah it's interesting that's that's yeah, the, the the irony of control and to wrap that episode up you know, even if you could control things, you wouldn't want wouldn't necessarily to. want to because the ideal experience is of a journey. And it's easy to erect this rebuttal around money. But, uh, you know, <laughs> there's just no way the point of life is to survive it. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I mean, money is money is blood. Mm. I, I'm not excited or passionate about my blood. My blood's just, it's like fuel in the car. The point of driving is not to have an endless supply of fuel for the car. Yeah. The fuel is just to power the car. You should not be thinking about the fuel. Just be conscious of where the gas stations are. You That's know, it. You know the tagline I'm thinking of is someone clipping this and being like, 
two private two private school educated yeah, boys yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> talking about how they're not attached to money. Yeah, but we have been attached to money. Oh, me points. massively, yeah. And I wrote that little story that's published now around, yeah. you know, the billionaire tells everyone, don't worry about money. They go, what do you know? You're a billionaire. The accidental millionaire comes forward and goes, I didn't make the mistakes he made. I wasn't trying to make money, but I just made it by accident doing mm. what I love. And people just paid me for it. And they go, what do you know? Like everything works out for you. <laughs> and then they go, you know, the, the two young independent people go, go, well, you know, that's probably us, you know, like we're, we're, we're just doing enough to like get by, you know, yeah. we're not swimming in cash like those two, <laughs> but we're, you know, we're, we're like, it's good just to not put it out the back of the way. It never serves us. It always leads us off track. You go, what do you know? You're not supporting a family. You don't know what it's like. Yeah, that's what I mean. And yeah. then the poor yeah. person comes from rural, you know, whatever, Nepal or India or somewhere like that, the penniless. And they go, look, I need more, you know, material education, you know, housing, shelter for my family and all that. But I found that trying to get more took me away from my family. And that's just not a price I'm willing to pay. So, you know, like I already have so much. Mm. So guys, you don't need money. And the angry mob goes, what do you know? You're poor. You've never had money. <laughs> you don't know what it's like. So you're, accustomed, were, you're accustomed to it. Long story short, there will forever be will forever a be. justification. Don't try to weasel out of every objection because objections don't come from logic and mm. reality. They come mm. from insecurity. Mm. They come from people defending their attachments. Well, that's what you, you will do. It's true. Oh, well, I know my experience. I know mine too. That's, that's it. True. That's all I know. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, know, I know, I know, but I'm having it out because it's a fair point. Yeah. But unfortunately with this, like reality doesn't leave you anywhere to hide with, with attachment. Actual reality, when it stares you in the face, does not leave you any attachment. I get so confused by that term, to be honest. Oh, good. It's one to stick with. <laughs> yeah. Because once people understand deeply the concept of attachment and its many forms, it's a very helpful lens through which to look at the world. And you'll probably get annoyed because I send you something. I go, this person says they love what they do. And you'll be, re and you know, you read and go, oh, yeah, yeah. And I go, but they don't. They're attached. <laughs> you can tell, blah, uh, blah, blah. And I'm just like, the attachment police. <laughs> <laughs> what does this attachment even mean? Do you, uh, do do you, you know what it means? Do you think you have a grasp? It's almost like we're, what well, <laughs> we're talking about in terms of the control. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's like the attachment I have to shares or yeah, to yeah. those sorts of things. Easiest image, mm -hmm. the, the stereotypical needy girlfriend or the needy wife. Yeah. I need you for Paranoid. My... Are you cheating on me? You know, like, don't go, don't be away from me. I'll miss you so much. Text me every five seconds and blah, blah. He can't cheat on me. He's perfect. You know what I mean? It's heavy attachment is total blindness disguised as something like love or happiness. Mm. But it's the furthest thing from it. Hard to... Uh... It sits next to it, but it's the furthest thing from it. Yeah. It's when you're in that sort of... When you... Because your emotions compel you to act, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's almost like... Yeah. They're almost false emotions in a way, mm. as the Buddhists would say. Feelings that don't really serve you. Mm. They're misguided. They've been confused. Astro the dog. And uh, attachment's just the root of all evil, really. People, people will defend their attachments, though, because they'll be holding them so closely. That's why you don't logic them out of it. Mm. But if you show people love who are attached, then they'll release it.
because then they'll have the real thing. They'll lose the need for the attachment. It's really about feeling the whole inside. And so I, that's why it's, it's really all about love. Mm. So better than lecturing people on controlling things is actually show them love. That'll be superior. Yeah, it's funny. Even at work sometimes, if something's not happening quick enough, I know you probably want to wrap yeah, it up. No, One right. last example, if something's not happening quick enough, mm. right? There's a week lead time. You want yeah. it to happen sooner. Yeah. You, you, you get some snap thing to be like, ask them about yeah. you know how could this takes should should take short amount of time yeah but it's like it's like you can't control yeah. that element mm. and also it's better to just like think that person's gonna do their best right mm-hmm. and just provide a little bit of encouragement and walk away yep but Not so easy. many times Not easy so many times you you just send the message being like where is this or something you know what i mean and it's a constant that that's what i think about of misguided emotions which yeah. is like you're not it just doesn't serve you in any way well attachment always leads to this conundrum judge versus understand mm. okay so someone not doing something at work that person's lazy they're disorganized blah blah, blah. that's a judgment yeah right yeah understand is you know and, be, and because you're trying to move on all right now if you don't care about what's happening at work let's say you're detached from what's happening at work which means you're not trying to destroy the company but holiday mode like i come today i have a few things to achieve and this is one of them but like it's not the end of the world if what we're caring about at work doesn't happen because everything we've talked about in this series Mm. slingshot chinese farmer you don't know if it's good or bad even what you're doing yeah you're you're constantly monitoring this journey now, if you're in that non-attachment place yourself, where's the big hurry? Exactly. Where's the demand? Sorry, yeah. the demand. It's more kind all right, of... All right, they shouldn't, they shouldn't dick around, but where's the demand? But so, it's not even that. Like, it's exactly. my misinterpretation of how long things should take because I want it to well, be okay, done. But, but careful, because people can be lazy. They can, but, right, but in this particular but, instance... But if you seek to understand, yes, you will get to the bottom of it. Mm. yeah right the judgment is luke is not doing it luke is and then you fill the blank Mm. whatever your mind ego lazy blah blah whatever it might be the understand is hey so and so notice this hasn't been done is everything all right Mm. you're normally very prompt with this stuff is there anything i can do to help Mm. let me know if you need to chat about it we need it done for this 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 reason it's not easy and you might not even get what you might not even get anywhere but that's the reaction the hard thing is when you're in a when we talk about control the hard thing is people all right this more relates to you than me mm-hmm. you're in a company where someone else sets things like targets and kpis and measures of success and these are the things that matter and often they're measurable, like in a quantifiable way. Sometimes they're qualitatively, you know, non-numerical. And there's this, it's easy, too easy to get attached to those things you're doing because the bottom line. Yeah. And it affects other people other than yourself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but all these same things still apply within companies and organizations. The slingshot principle. 
Anti-Fragility in the next episode. The Chinese Farmer. Astro the Dog. Thousand Doors. They are all the realities, you know. A lot of people use Slack for communication at work at the moment, right? Mm. Slack came out of a, a gaming company that did not become financially viable. It was their communication system they used, and they rolled that out as a product. It was the, became the fastest growing product of all time. Fastest mm. growing. Part of it was developed in, you know, the context of something else. Yeah, under, yeah. The, under a different umbrella. Yeah. And then we press measure when it gets launched as its own entity. Mm. So the measurement of all these things is flawed. You know, the Titanic example, like companies that get outdated and they go away and it's seen as an inherently bad thing. Nothing lasts forever. Yeah. <laughs> we get attached to things. Mm. Right? What is it? What's, what's it like, you know, in America, like Sears or Walmart or, you know, these legacy companies that like, you know, like they go away and they, they stood around for so long that why... Why do we default to that these things should last forever? Mm. Not no movie lasts forever. No book lasts forever. No story is never ending. You know, things shouldn't be here for like glory. Mm. We're prolonging them for our own glory. <laughs> they should just be allowed to expire when they've served their purpose. And go create the next thing. Mm. You know, and it's like... Trying to make things as immortal is about as useful as trying to make ourselves immortal. Like it just doesn't, doesn't serve, doesn't work. So, you know, control, trying too hard to control. Leads us into terrible things. Terrible things and a lot of unnecessary grief. Think about how hard these people work. You know, in, in companies and everything like that. How much anxiety it gets. You're taken away from a place where you can be more aware. Mm. That's the challenge. So, that's that. Move on to the next one. Move on to the next one. Thank you, Luke.